Hi there, folks. It's Roger from There Be Giants, your friendly giant here on Giant Talk. Uh, really pleased to be back with you and super chuffed to be joined by Patrick Jocelyn from Omniplex, who's the CEO there. So, Patrick, welcome to Giant Talk. Hello, Roger. Nice hi, to see you. hi. Good to see you too. Good to see you too. Now, you're here to talk to us about your experience with OKRs. You know, we've done quite a few episodes recently where we've been talking about, you know, things around OKRs and and with other practitioners and, you know, sort of moving thinking forward. But I think it's always good to get back to, um, you know, grassroots, so to speak, in terms of speaking to uh, you know, leaders of organisations that have, have have been using them for a while. So, um, do you want to just tell us a, a, a little bit about yourself and also about Omniplex and what you do? Sure. So, I'm the CEO of Omniplex Learning, and Omniplex Learning is a business that supports the L and D requirements of many corporations, particularly multinationals and internationals that sit in the UK where they want to create digital learning to either help onboard or for regulatory compliance Mm. or for maybe just learning extra skills. And we either help them make it, we make it for themselves, or we host for them to consume this content for them to improve their working lives and sometimes their personal lives. So that's really where we are experts in digital learning and all aspects of it. So it's much more than than an LMS system, isn't it? It is, yeah. LMS is just one component that often is the centre of delivery and consumption, but actually there's so much more to it. And having Mm. a digital learning need is usually the first step in where an L&D team might have had instruction from other departments saying, I have a digital learning need. That could be as simple as I want to onboard successfully all these new people mm. joining in a, say, a retail environment, mm. or it could be, hey, I need everybody to be taking this financial services regulation learning uh, and completing it. And we need to evidence that. Or sometimes um, it, it can be, we want to do something different. We want people to be more engaged. We want people to yeah. understand maybe our internal values. And yeah. it's so many different things that people ask, but often it starts with the, I have a digital learning need, maybe mm. a challenge that I want to do something different. And recently, some of those big challenges are, how can we get more out of our investment in, for instance, con- um, software products sure. where it's a process you know people know how to use the product but they don't understand the process they need to go in the product mm-hmm. so doing training um traditionally where it's in a classroom with someone at the front pointing a stick at a powerpoint doesn't really help your modern learners understand the application so what we've started doing is seeing this in the flow of learning where the learning is actually whilst you're in the application of something like a crm system or a or a file system or or whatever it might be where you're learning not just the product but also the processes that those companies need to have you go through and learn right do that whilst you're in the application of course your learning is faster more mm. relevant, and actually you're saving a lot of time. Do you know, I wished I'd known you 15 years ago. 
because they I, I i used to work in um uh, l and I was um, an l and business partner for a while. So kind of working with my part of the organization and making sure that the uh, the learning and sort of cultural development solutions which we put in place supported the business strategy. Um, and it was... The, you know, e-learning was 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 around, but it was very clunky, and you know, wasn't hadn't hadn't particularly hadn't matured to the level that it is now. Um, and you know, your your kind of solution would have been like rocket fuel for us, I'm sure. <laughs> well, so, I think that. yeah, I'm sure. So, um, so tell us a bit about the sort of growth stage of the business um, and, and, and maybe a little bit about the history, you know, how the business has, has come to be where it is now. Sure. So the, the business actually is about 30 years old in, in the structure of the business. But in truth, the business started accelerating in growth from about 2015, 2016, where that move from classroom-based training to e-learning or digital learning, depending on what you're calling it, started to accelerate where there were cost savings, there were time savings. And then, of course, when COVID happened and people couldn't physically go into these classrooms, we had a really strong L&D team demand of saying, hey, we've got to now forcibly move what we had been doing in a classroom online. Yeah. And suddenly from 2020, which also happened to be where the investment from our private equity backed owners, um, right. LDC came in. And so a lot of our growth and we, we've been growth percentages of, of 45% KGAR. So over the last three years, we've been growing at around 45% per annum, which, which is, you know, pretty fast. But to mm. support that growth, we've needed to obviously invest in people, in platforms, in structure that allows us to keep that growth rate up. And more importantly, we've needed to professionalize and expand things like product portfolios, um, people that can take us to that next required level of yeah. being higher up the power chain. So where we might have been in a L&D department somewhere, now we're often in you know, the CXO level of an organization. And and to do that, you can't just let the growth take you there. You actually mm. need to be quite quite structured in what you want to achieve and and not just let it happen by accident. That's, That's really I, 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 I'm just really curious about that phrase that you just used there. You can't just let the growth take you there. Yeah. Just, just unpack that a little bit more for me, if you would, please. So I think fast growth companies are by design in the main. Now, you can get a year-to-year fast growth by being a bit lucky, but yeah. it's rare to be able to sustain fast growth through just being lucky. And for me, what that means is that just because you sold more in a previous, sorry, uh, in a post year after, over a previous year, that might just be a market condition on a rising tide. Yeah, but you won't always have a rising tide. So for us, it was about being very prescriptive on who and how we were going to grow. Right. And things like improving churn rates, you know, everybody always wants to improve churn rates, i.e. the amount of people that buy a product and then renew it year after year. 
Um, but if you're not prescriptive about it, then it is just a hope rather than something that you've planned for. And when you plan for it, you can improve churn by giving customers much better support, by giving people tips and tricks, by having, you know, simple as marketing automation plans that send out a regular piece of communication to remind someone they've got this bit of software. Mm. Um, And then it's about giving them the additional support. So when someone has bought a piece of software, often they're very excited. They use it for the first few months, try and build what they want. But often they realize they don't have the ability and they need extra help, extra support, extra learning, maybe some templates, maybe something that they can use as a, oh, that's what I'd like to achieve. So it's all about giving people the this is what good looks like and making yeah. sure that you've got them to tell you what does good look like from this starting point. And, and that needs structure. It needs processes. It needs people that can take you along and that credibility is built with those customers who often, let's be honest, on the 80-20 rule, so 20% of your customers often are 80% of your revenues. Yeah. Therefore, it is important to build relationships. It's important to manage those accounts. It's important to try and get further up power lines where you're more strategic in any particular customer. Yeah. And therefore, when those um, framework agreements for we need to buy more, you're in it rather than not in it. And that helps your growth. You know, sure. again, it's not accidents that you're on a framework. Of so effectively what you're talking about there is strategy, being clear about strategy. Very much so. And, and mm. it's about execution of strategy. So again, strategy is great, um, but useless if you're not going to execute <laughs> against it. So for me, it's about having strategy with milestones and it's about having milestones that are reachable and and achievable and that you've got a group of individuals who understand timelines and what these milestones look like as well as supporting of the overall strategy which might take you you know a year ahead rather than just the next three months so i guess that's what led you to use okrs then absolutely so when we looked at the marketplace of how do we do these transformational type steps you know how do we really push the company to do things that it wouldn't naturally do in this high growth environment mm-hmm. and that's where okrs came in and what we knew about okrs from working with them previously is that they're really good at driving the strategic direction but badly done okrs are really poor execution. And so we were looking for a consulting firm that could assist us on the journey. And the reason we went to There Be Giants was because internally you evidenced to us that you were using it yourselves. (laughs) You were using it to drive your own business. There were many other consulting firms that said they were expert, but weren't using it internally. And for us, that was just a big red flag. We we wanted people to understand that moving to OKRs isn't just about documentation. It's actually about cadence. It's actually yeah. about structure and, and making sure that people understand that, you know, putting in extra diary events for a lot of people, you have to have reason behind it and you have to understand what 
it's going to look like after. Yeah, not just yeah, yeah. There has to be payback from the time you invested. Yeah, 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 it really yeah, yeah. is. And so we were fairly impressed with there be giants first proposal, but also the way that they set us up from a tops down, um, but also a non siloed structure of bringing in the right people at the right time to create these OKR squads. And both in the design, the development, and then the operation, you know, you, your team have held our hand all the way. We're now in our third quarter of the OKRs. Yeah. And I would say that it is absolutely embedded in the company. And that isn't necessarily always the case. You know, we're a company of about 100 people. So mm. we're, we're not large by any stretch of the imagination, but we do have departments. They do still have some silo mentality. Yeah. So <laughs> seeing the OKR squads break that and seeing that we are already on our milestones towards our annual strategy, seeing significant on-target direction towards meeting those big gnarly goals that we set in the first place. Um, mm. it, it's lovely to see, actually. Good, good, good. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You say you're only about 100 people, but then still... You, that's big enough to see silos emerge. Yeah. Um, I wonder that, that. I wonder what the tipping point is. You know, certain number of if, if there's like a certain number of people where you know silos become more of a risk than than they were before you reach that threshold. I, my view is that once you have about three layers of management, you yeah. are going to get silos, and it's a human nature, and. It's no bad thing, a silo, when you get focus. And laser focus is a great way to get things achieved. Where it doesn't work is where to get the big end in mind is where you need these departments to work really well together and understand each other's priorities. Mm. And again, that's where OKRs have been fantastic because it takes the KPIs that each of these potentially silo departments can have and bring them much more where they're interlinked towards the objectives that you've set yeah, in the yeah. and the key results that you want to deliver. And I think I, I don't mind having laser focused, you know, departments that really feel a big part of, of the business and that they're really important. But what I love to see is when these best of the best get together working towards a common goal and, you know, although you're not breaking the silos down, what you are is appreciating the priorities that others have and therefore the workloads. And, you know, sometimes yeah. it just changes what you might do rather than if you were just on your own. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I've seen that um, in, in a lot of organisations where, where we've we've put that cross-functional approach in at the at the second level and it's it's really it's really helped with that collaboration um so you you've you, you know you, you've mentioned a couple of benefits there you've mentioned the collaboration you've mentioned the uh the, the 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 fact that you can you can see clearly you know you moving towards those um big ambitious goals and targets that you have you also mentioned that you have investors yeah. and um, i'm curious actually to 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 hear how your investors have responded to the use of okrs have, have they have they even been aware of it have they seen anything yep. any evidence of them so yeah. the way we started this process is we built our strategy with our investors as part of just playing that back 
And they all, right from day one, knew that we were moving to an OKR system. Yeah. So we report every month in our board meetings where we are on the OKRs. I mean, they are very aware. They are have full visibility on a monthly report of mm -hmm. A, what the strategic OKRs are, and then how the transformational quarterly goals and, and what's in those are working towards the ultimate objective, which was the strategy that was built all those months ago. Right. So their support is substantial. You also know that businesses that use the OKR system, it's becoming quite important now. You know, lots of big corporations are talking about OKRs and are talking about their cadences. And for a smaller business like us, um, with an investor being able to take that to where the next investment might be, actually, it gives good credibility that you're a structured organization, that, that you understand how to make these big changes. Right. And because the OKR is a framework that, that people do understand and know where it's come from, it, it it's a big tick in a box. You know, it's mm -hmm. like having your employer net promoter scores. You know, mm -hmm. it's not the be and an end all, but it absolutely gives a tick of you are a professional organization that you care about your staff. And the OKRs yeah. is you're a professional organization and you care about results. Yeah, 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 and yeah. For me, you know, these two often get put hand in hand when you're presenting out of you know how are we doing at any point in time yeah uh, so so in a nutshell it's investor credibility isn't it definitely is yeah yeah okay that's really interesting that's really interesting so you know you mentioned about kpis earlier on um and this is something that we debate at length on giant talk about the you know the the interplay the relationship between OKRs and KPIs but from your point of view kind of thinking of organizational performance as a whole you've got your strategy you've got your operation um so what what how do how do you see the interplay between OKRs and KPIs working in Omniplex for you yeah so i think your team helped us understand the the relationship between OKRs and KPIs and and your team really supported that KPIs are, you know, in, in the using car as an analogy, your sort of speedo, your rev counter, your fuel gauge. Uh, they tell you if the engine's overheating or, or not and so on and so forth, but it doesn't tell you where you're going. Whereas your satellite navigation is telling you where you're trying to get to. And you need the two together because mm. you can't get where you're going on the satellite navigation if you don't have enough fuel or your engine's overheated. Mm. Um, you know, so it's, it's very important that you have those KPIs constantly evaluating whether you're going forward and you've got the capability and the fuel in the tank, whatever the, your analogies are. But if you don't have a direction of travel, you could just travel in circles and you could still have a great fuel gauge and you could still have your temperature in, you know, reading the right temperature, but you're going in a circle and it would still yeah. be showing that. Yeah. Whereas what the sat nav is doing is taking you on that longer end in mind journey where the performance of the company and those key KPIs that you're going to be looking at are probably just saying, yes, you, you have a good chance of getting to your end destination, you know, and, and then you get 
you know, the next set that you might want to do. So for mm. me, they are absolutely linked and, and they're essential that you're comparing and looking at them. And the way that we operate the business is we look at the um, OKRs and we look at obviously the key results and we do all the cadence there. But at the same time, we're also looking at what the company performance is. And if we need to adjust them because we're coming off from anywhere, yeah, then we're okay to take a detour. Right. Okay. That's a good way of, yeah. uh, of putting it, I suppose, a detour, because that implies that you're just taking a small change of direction with the intention of going back on track. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And from a, a people or a cultural perspective, is there anything that by bringing in OKRs you've had to work on to change, to tweak at all? So we started off with trying to get to the bare few OKRs and, yeah. and we actually started on three. So we had three strategic OKRs that we were going to build our business case around and therefore all of the transformational OKRs that we run quarterly. Sure. What we realized was that we probably did need a fourth, although we tried to keep it to the power of three. Um, we missed out one of the ones that really was around company performance. And although the other three would drive ultimately company performance, by not having a specific OKR that focused on company performance, what it meant is that culturally it could look like we weren't still 100% focused on the performance of the company. Yeah. And, you know, I'll give you an example of that. So one of our OKRs is very much around employee engagement and, and improving our employee net promoter score. And some of those are key results about how many people have said that they have goals set for them, for example. Mm -hmm. But of course, if you just look at that, it's not, although you could relatably say that a happy person, a happy employee with clear goals is going to be successful for your business. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have a measure of, right, we are going to grow by X amount because we've done this, you know, and, and, and therefore people are a very end result based who want to see numbers, particularly finance teams, for example, <laughs> sales teams, they struggle with just the EQ piece. They, they want a bit mm. of the IQ and the IQ for me in this sense is the, the business is how the business is performing, how we want it to perform. Whereas the EQ is sometimes the, you know, how emotional we want people to behave and, mm. and how we want them to be supportive of, of others, for example. And that is the employee side. Well, you're working on the assumption there, aren't you? That it, the, you know, the more people in the organization have goals set, the more focused they're going to be, you know, so on and so forth, the more engaged they're going to be. Um, but that's what that would be a leading measure because it shows that you're on the right track, but it's no actual measure of, you know, ultimate outcome, ultimate success. And so I can completely understand where your finance uh, colleagues are coming from because you know, the business performance is is the lagging measure, isn't it? That's right. And I think yeah. we always try and have the lagging measure as our number one and a leading measure where we we know that it might be influencing the lagging measures as, as mm. number two. You know, we, we are very aware of how that might 
be a taken by the team, but that be really proving that we're on track to continue the high growth rates that we've, we've enjoyed. So, so you have to have the balance. And I think the lesson learned is being very aware of that at the start of the process. You know, if there was one thing that I would have done different, it would probably be that very one of making sure that you've got the emotional pieces, but also let's call it the intelligence pieces, you know, and right. for me, those differences are how someone feels, the goals they've been set, you, you know, it's slightly intangible because unless you saw each of those goals, you wouldn't absolutely know that those goals are the right ones to take in the right direction. But you yeah. know that in essence, they must be having some management time. They must be having some some direction of travel versus the 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 IQ piece, which really is, you know, what numbers, how many somethings will we sell? What revenues will we generate? What's our EBITDA? you know, and our ultimate profit. Yeah. And and those things joined together give you the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you just kind of touched upon what my, my, my next question was going to be, which is a bit of a reflective one. You know, if you were to approach these again from scratch, what is it that you might do differently? So just un- unpack what you, yeah. what you were, what you mentioned there. So we went fast on this. We didn't hang around. We started this process in July last year, and we went very quickly into the consulting um, workshops, into developing the OKRs from the strategy we'd built back in in July. Hmm. And then we we scrambled around and we, we really pushed hard and had the fewest people involved we could, although we did share to the company our end ambition. Sure. If I was doing it again, I would have had a little bit more time before we kicked it off. I would have had an extra couple of months to just really war game what might happen, what the end in mind might be feel differently for one person who was perhaps in a squad versus someone that could see it presented at the company town halls but wasn't involved you know whether they would feel differently about it yeah and because you can't involve necessarily everybody all the time in okrs it's very easy for people to have less of an understanding of why yeah and so embedding okrs in the company as a culture I think is more than just running through all the workshops, you know, that communication piece probably is the one thing I would have liked to have done a bit better and, and following on from that communication piece is getting the cadence, right. Making sure that it's built into people's diaries. Sure. You know, and and publishing. Yeah. Being very, very visible about what the expectations were and when these events would be happening through the company. Yeah, you know, and who was involved. So we we could definitely have done better, but we've learned that for this next um, next transformational OKRs that we're going to be running next month. Right. Okay. Okay. So there's a bit about sort of preparing the groundwork for the change that's coming. Uh, right. Okay. That's really interesting because we do hear that a number of times from different clients, and when we did. Uh, we've done a couple of, um, uh, over the past four years, we've done a couple of pieces of research into 
um, organizations using OKRs, why they use them, how they've used them, so on and so forth. And I do remember one of the key findings being that smaller organizations of 100 or less tend to approach them much more rapidly um, and tend to have the capacity to absorb that change a bit more than larger organizations. Um, I don't think that would be anything earth-shattering as a finding for people, but I do I, I do think it's it's interesting that the data actually tells us that as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, but interesting to hear your experience. So, with the uh, with the desire to kind of lay the groundwork for change a bit more, did you find yourself facing what some confusion, some resistance? What 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 was occurring? I, I for I don't you? think there was any confusion. Right. So. I think people understood we were very clear in building our strategy first and presenting yeah. that out and then moving to OKRs. I mean, I would say to anybody listening to this podcast is if you don't know what your strategy is, don't move into OKRs. <laughs> you, know, you need to be clear yourself of where yeah. you want to get to, you know, i.e. on that sat nav, just think about what your end destination is before you bring OKRs in because otherwise you're going to fail. Yeah. So that, that would be number one. And our staff and teams understood our direction of travel where we brought okrs in i think people had expected to be part of it of their daily lives and in big corporations what they tend to do is set goals at individual level using okr on the okr framework and they embed it in everything that they do we couldn't do that from day one mm. so people need to know um, might be people that aren't part of a squad, but we want them to be part of the squad the following occasion. Yeah. And so having them bought into it, having them aware of what it is, and, and the only way probably to do that is by showing them the success that other squads have had is, I'm going to say, best practice moving forward. Yeah. Know, and, and evidencing, hey, here, here was the start, here's the end. You know, this retrospective of what was changed and the key result from it shared with then people who who when they are asked to be part of a squad are excited by previous squad success and rate of change and for me that then gets it bought in and becomes part of company culture right okay no i think that's really interesting that's really interesting um it's because yeah, you're right, if the, if you're going to use them as a spotlight rather than a floodlight, not everyone can be involved at the same time. But with an organisation, particularly of just a hundred people, that spotlight is going to move from 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 cycle to cycle. And I dare say that maybe over the course of a twelve months, uh, twelve month period, perhaps everybody might be involved uh, in in some in some way, shape, or form, but just not at the same time. You know, everybody has their turn, so to speak. I think you need to also be considering where at any period in in time, you know, we're growing, we're buying companies, you know, we might go and take on another business that has another hundred people for all yeah. we know. So you can never assume everybody knows because people are joining every single week. And therefore the other assumption is that you assume that these new joiners know what an OKR is, let yeah. alone, who's involved and what you need as an outcome. So you, you have to be prepared to re talk about OKRs as if everybody is new. 
Mm. Otherwise, you'll leave mm. people behind and mm. people will mm. get confused. And, you know, over a course of a year, it, you know, it's quite easy to have another 20% of people on board that might not have seen the original starting point. So I've got to ask, you know, given what you guys do as a business and what you do for clients, do you have OKRs built into your uh, learning onboarding? So we, we do. It's absolutely part of our onboarding. We take them through our OKR, at least the concept of it. So we yeah. make sure they understand the, you know, the dashboard we've just talked about, the sat-nav and the, and the dashboard. Yeah, yeah. We also make sure that they understand the spotlight and the floodlight that you've talked yeah. about. So we, we take them through that sort of four or five why we do it. But it's very easy when you're joining to then forget that because if you're not then involved um, probably in the next couple of months, you, you you couldn't be expected to remember and then suddenly be involved in the next three months. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, you have to keep telling people, you have to keep showing people what's happening, you have to keep reminding them of the progress that you've made from the original set of OKRs that you've installed. And I think that communication, you just can't ever over communicate. No, 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 that's, and I've, that's a principle that I followed in, in, in many different uh, aspects of, of, of management and leadership in uh, over the years. Um, But uh, it's one that's often overlooked, sadly. so easy to overlook because we assume you've told someone once or I've sent mm. an email job mm. done yeah and actually pe- people learn in different ways we know this from from being D experts and mm. I think that whatever your form is and you probably have three or four you have to just have this to be part of your culture in every single one of those communication mediums yeah you know yeah. just give people an update even if it's just to say, hey, it's as simple as one, two, three, that's your update for the OKRs, that's good enough um, if you're in this cadence. But what you don't want to do is just do a, right, hey, a year ago we started this and this is the result because there's been a year of where people might have forgotten that we even started the year ago or they've joined mm. the post when when it was started. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Right, well, Patrick hugely uh grateful for you sharing your experiences um uh i know it's it's been um quite a challenge i think as you've uh, as as you've worked through with them but you remain committed to them and i think you know as you said you're going into your third cycle now uh and in my experience it's usually from this this point where things start to get a little bit slicker um so you know because you can only practice the transitions when they happen uh so you're coming up to your um uh your next one and yeah i i I am excited to see how you get on uh over the course of the coming months because i think you're gonna you're gonna find them really click really click into place for you so uh let's just wrap up by just letting our listeners know uh, if they want to reach out to you perhaps maybe they're interested in 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 the learning solution um how can they uh, how can they find you i think they can go to our website omniplexlearning.com they could send me an email patrick.jocelyn at omniplexlearning.com or they can go on to our linkedin 
and follow us. And there's lots of information shared on a, a regular basis from that marketing team and sales team that are going to keep you informed on some of the successes we're having, some of the outcomes that are created from the work that we do with many of our existing customers. Brilliant. I'll make sure that's all in the show notes so that everybody can uh, can uh, see that uh, if they want to. So thank you very much again, Patrick. Really appreciate your time. And I hope uh, our listeners have uh, managed to clean something from this. It's always good hearing it firsthand from somebody who's uh, walked the walk, so to speak. And uh, thanks for tuning in again. And I shall be back with you very soon with another interesting conversation around all things OKRs on Giant Talk. Thanks very much now. Take care.